Welcome to Women's Hot Topics. Ladies, this show is for you. Find clarity, discernment, and discover who you are in Jesus Christ, all while exploring the hot topics of the day. She's an evangelist, founder, and president of Him for Her Ministries, and she's here to tell it like it is. Your host, Should Burry. What happened if you say what you want to say? Should Burry here with Women's Hot Topics. I have missed you since the last time we were together. And you know, where am I right now? Actually, I am sitting in Louisiana, uh, Louisiana, Louisville, Kentucky, wrong L, uh, Louisville, <laughs> Kentucky. And I, my husband and I have arrived and we have got a great interview for you today. Now, I have discovered as we've been traveling in our RV, we talk to people, we talk to parents, we realize what are some of the struggles today that parents are having. And it's amazing some of the stories that we hear. But what I'm sadly discovering throughout the whole entire United States is that it's a confusion for kids today in an upside down world where right is wrong and wrong is white. These parents and children are in pain trying to navigate this new normal, if you want to call it that. I knew Lori, uh, she's our guest today, Lori Wildenberg, and she has written a fabulous article for Focus on the Family, as well as two wonderful books. One is called Messy Hope, and the other is called Messy Journey. And uh, we're going to be addressing those in a little bit. But I want to talk about the article she wrote. She wrote an article called Help My Child Wants to Be the Opposite Sex. I know it's a tough conversation to have. It breaks my heart even thinking about it. But I know that this is a confusion out there. And she, and her article was done in such a kind and compassionate way. I'm like, we got to bring this to you, my listeners, my friends. Because um, it might not even be your child. It might be a friend's child. Or you might be consoling a parent as well. Um, and so we're going to talk about this through the lens of Christ. Um, help my child wants to be the opposite sex. Let me share with you a little bit about our guest today, Lori Wildenberg. Um, Lori Wildenberg is passionate about coming alongside women to encourage, support, and empower them to be the moms they want to be. Lori connects with her audience using her natural warmth, transparency, humor, and straightforward faith-filled approach. She is a licensed parent and family educator, co-founder of First Corinthians 13 Parenting, along with Becky Danielson, who is one of our board of directors on our ministry. Lori is a mentor mom with the Mom Initiative and Moms Together, and she has spoken in Florida, Kansas, Alabama, Wyoming, California, Texas, Minnesota, and Colorado. Let's see how many more we can get her at. Let's <laughs> fill up the whole entire United States. I would love that. Lori is a wife to Tom and a mom of four. The Wildenberg's home is nestled in the foothills of the Rocky Mountains. A perfect way, a perfect day in Lori's world is hiking with her husband, four kids, and a labradoodle. You know, I think you're right. I'd love hiking with my husband. The kids can stay home and clean. And then when I get back, they got dinner ready. I'd say hallelujah to that. <laughs> you know, that's a fantasy you guys, world. <laughs> I know. I know that's the way my head thinks. I'm in a dream world. Um, I, you can find Lori. If you want her to speak at one of your conferences, you want to look up her books. Lori, where can they find your books? Sure. You can find them online or in your uh, brick and mortar bookstore. If they're not on the shelves, you can always ask for them. You can go to my website and check the books out. Um, that's lauriewildenberg.com, L-O-R-I-W-I-L-D-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. And you can find all kinds of resources there as well. 
Mm -hmm. And again, it's one is called Messy Hope. The other is Messy Journey. She has several other books. But this is what really struck my heart. Help your child overcome anxiety, depression, or suicide ideation. And um, did I pronounce that right? Ideation. Ideation. It's a tongue twister. My lips aren't working. I love it. Thank you very much. This is why you're the writer and I'm not. Uh, <laughs> but, you know, it that's really the heartbeat of, of Kids Day. One of our top hits on some of our podcasts. And again, we've had over 80,000 downloads that it was on anxiety. And that yeah. tells me parents are out there and they're concerned. And so we're bringing you this topic, Help My Child Wants to Be the Opposite Sex with Lori Wildenberg. And Lori, I'm going to get right to, right to a big question. We're going to start right off. What do you do? When you experience the heartbreak and struggle of your child wanting to be the opposite sex. This is going to be a, a tough one. The first thing you have to do is just take a little breath because I want to encourage parents that today's kids are so questioning even basic stuff and not to go crazy right at the start. And if I were a child today, I'd probably wonder if I should have been a boy because I liked climbing trees. I wanted to do outdoor kinds of things. Kids today, they're supposed to fit into these small little categories, these small little boxes of, oh, that's a female thing or that's a male thing. And sadly, we then say, well, then you must be a really be a boy or a girl you're just in the wrong body that's the message that these kids are getting today so if your child is struggling with gender identity first of all don't get scared and, and it is scary don't and don't overreact what you want to do is god give me the ability to let my child know i'm here to listen and to talk through this and then encourage them how God created them in a everyone in a unique way. Um, you could even get out a piece of paper and draw a line across it, and you could you could put in what seems to be male and what are female categories, and then notice that really people can can like to climb trees and still be a girl. Mm -hmm. A girl can still be powerful. She doesn't have to not be powerful. Um, we were putting people in these stereotypes. And then now we're saying, well, if you don't fit this stereotype, you better go and get some hormones and some surgery. So encourage your kids in who God created them to be and how he created them in the correct body. Um, and I think that's something where just having these conversations and not not going overboard, not overreacting to a question, because they are seeing all this stuff on social media. And as we were talking prior to the show, Shug, how um, this is really a social contagion. It's people are getting so scared and overreacting to things that are just normal kids stuff. And, and it's okay. And let them work through that. And typically by the time they get to puberty, they have already worked through all this stuff. I coach a lot of parents 
And the parents who have kids pre-puberty, we talk about strategies of how to encourage them in the body that they are in and to also encourage their interests. Why, why can't they be a girl and be a pilot? They can. There's women pilots. You know, what, why can't they be a boy and be a ballerina or, you know, do ballet? Mikhail Brichnikov, he's a, he does ballet and he's, he's very masculine. And so we have to stop putting our kids in a box and not to worry so much because it'll probably end up working out, working through. Now, there's a very small percentage of kids that are not able to work through that. Um, my daughter is one of them. She has struggled with her identity since she's been in preschool. And it's been something that we have known that she struggles with. Um, and we believe there's a lot of facets to this. Um, you know, we should, we always want to know why, and, you know, why is my kid struggling? Um, and I, and there are so many cogs in the wheel. And for my daughter, one of the cogs is um, she's adopted. So that also means that she was, you know, given up or abandoned, you know, mm -hmm. to have her adoption story. And so for her, having control and power is highly important. Mm -hmm. And she has perceived that men are have more power. And I think that that was kind of one of the catalysts to her struggling with her gender identity. You know, thank you for your transparency. And thank you to your daughter as well, um, as we're all learning in this together. And, you know, as a parent, a natural response might be, might be agonizing. What have I done wrong? How did this happen? Why is this my child and not, you know, Jane Doe down the road? You know, how can I love my child and honor the Lord at the same time without encouraging the behavior? But how do I love on her in a special way that God has wanted me to do? What are your thoughts around those questions? I think compassion is really an important piece. Um, because someone that struggles with something as basic as identity, they're struggling with a lot of things. And for us to understand, to have a compassionate reaction and response to that, just as we would if they had a broken bone, just as we would if um, we could really pinpoint that they were going through some sort of depression. So to start out with compassion, and then, again, to be open to the conversation so that you're not dismissing or discounting their struggle. Um, and there are things that we can do. You know, we can, we can encourage them in, in their roles as female or as male. And to have really good and healthy relationships with both mom and dad, where both parents are really focusing in on maybe perhaps more of the character qualities that they have rather than the femininity or the masculinity that they are displaying and to put it in the proper box. Wow, God has gifted you in such a great way that you know what you want and you know that you can be a 
powerful person and that's going to make a great impact on people. You know, or you can, or to say to the, boy, you are going to be such a good dad someday because you've got so much compassion and empathy and you are so sensitive. We can start talking to our kids in this way and also reminding them, you know, the creator knows what he's doing. And um, probably this world needs some more sensitive men. This mm -hmm. world needs some more women who are going to step up to the plate. So they are created as they are meant to be and to keep those communication lines open. We make a big mistake when, when we want to get our point across all the time. <laughs> you know, as our, our kids I've never get done older. that. Never done that with <laughs> my kids. No, I always was a great listener, always compassionate. Yeah, that would be a problem I would have had. It's hard, you know, because we have all this great wisdom, Should They should listen to us, right? <laughs> we, we have all this stuff that we want to impart. But what our kids need is really us to listen and to converse with them mm -hmm. as opposed to lecture. Um, when when my daughter and I go out for lunch, she'll say to me, mom, we're going to have fun today. <laughs> we're going out for lunch. And what she's saying to me is, don't bring up the hot topic all the time, right? Because we do talk about things, but sometimes as moms with adult kids, we want to talk about it when we get that moment with them. And maybe that's the time to do some relationship building instead. So to have the talks, to dialogue rather than to debate, to listen instead of lecture, to affirm rather than argue, to connect through kindness and to get rid of those stereotypes because our kids are created in a unique way and it's okay and it's really good. I thought those were all excellent points. Can you repeat them one more time? Cause they were so good. Okay. To affirm, not argue. Yes. And to lecture or to not to lecture, but to listen, to mm -hmm. avoid debating, but dialogue, um, as you said, connect through kindness and get rid of those stereotypes. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it helps to remember, um, and, and this was your quote, it helps to remember that she's suffering too. And yes. um, that she is battling with this. Now, help me understand this, Lori. You know, our kids are grown and out of the house in different states. So I'm a different generation. This was not something we had to deal with. At least it wasn't on the forefront of the conversation uh, when my kids were young. Where is this coming from? Why does it seem like every other kid is like, you know, am I a boy or a girl? I, I mean, I even heard somebody say they wanted to be a cat. And I'm like, okay, this has gone way out of hand. Yeah. So help me understand where is all this excitement coming from? I do think social media has played a huge role in this. Um, it That's really had it taking off. Um, the education system and even the medical system, I would say, have kind of bought into it. Um, so be careful where you choose to take your kid to the doctor, where you choose to have your kids attend school, be prayerful about who their teachers are. It, it has permeated the culture. 
and our kids are picking up on it. And it's very scary. It's as if everything is up for grabs. Everything is an option and nothing is true. And so we also need to train our kids. Facts are facts and feelings change, right? Facts always remain the same. Facts are facts, but feelings come and go. And because someone feels a particular way one day does not mean the next day or five years from now, they're going to feel the same way because we mature. And our kids need to know the difference between facts and feelings. And they know how they need to know how to make logical decisions based on facts, which might be influenced in some regard by feelings. But you can't base it all on feelings. We, we have to be very careful of that. And we've gotten to the place where we don't even hear news anymore. It's just all opinion. Mm -hmm. We need some facts and our kids need facts. And we've got to talk about that. The fact is God is our creator. The fact is they were born either male or female. Now, how you move and live within your male and femaleness is really how you are uniquely created. And so these are things that we have to be talking to our kids about. And it it's all over the culture, the Western culture. And we have to really stand up to it now. We really have to start taking a stand because it is permeating everything. It is permeating everything. And there's so much confusion for kids. My heart just breaks for them. Yeah. Um, you know, as I had mentioned, I think that there's a, oftentimes, like you said, social media, an excitement there, uh, or maybe I just want to stand out and be different. This is how I do it. Or maybe I should, you know, I, when I was a kid, I thought I should have been a boy because I was yeah. just so athletic and I was yes. tough and rough and tumbly. I didn't like any girl stuff at all. And so at that age, had this been something that was out there, I might've considered wondering if God made a mistake or not. And then of course, as you had said, a lot of children grow out of it. And that's a hope that you can give mm -hmm. parents. What are some other words of advice for parents that you have regarding hope? I think that, um, just to know God is with you and God is with your kid. And to remember that his heart is similar to yours in the fact that he wants them to be who he created them to be. And that is one big thing regarding hope, to know that the Lord is with you. Mm -hmm. I think that's that's one of the basic things. Also, he has probably put some people in your path that can help you out. And that is also, I think, a very hopeful thing to know that the Lord has placed people directly in your life to help you. And he has probably given you some experiences so that you are you know how to innately deal with some of these things. Um, God gave us a heads up that our daughter was going to be struggling with this sort of thing. And I remember I just prayed and prayed against it. And it still came to fruition. And I thought, what in the world, Lord? You showed me this. I prayed against it. Now what? And what I came to realize is he wanted me to be ready when 
this all was coming to a head that I needed to be prepared and and how to handle my daughter and continue to build those relationships because here's another hopeful thing. Your relationship, your influence is the greatest impact on your kids. Your relationship impacts your child greatly. It's your greatest influence. So keep those lines of communication open. Keep that connection happening. And also be smart about your boundaries. Don't be wishy-washy about that. Um, there are some things that, you know, like with my daughter who is currently living at home um, due to some unforeseen circumstances, she's living at home and I cannot have her wearing male cologne. Now that, that might sound funny to somebody, but that is a real issue for me. I cannot have that. And so I've said zero, no male cologne um, so that you can have some boundaries. There are things that, you know, our kids who are struggling, and here's something pretty sad, Shug, kids that are on the spectrum, the autism spectrum, those kids are being courted by these groups that are, you know, quote unquote, gender affirming, which is really actually the opposite of what they are. But um, they are courting those kids and saying that maybe they should be, you know, female or male. And I've got clients that have kids that are on the spectrum that have gotten into these groups. It's almost like cult-like. Yes. where mm -hmm. they're learning these, what to do. And one of the first things that these cults try to do is to separate you from your family so that you can't speak truth. And so it's important to have boundaries and it's important to have that connection. Both of those things are going to really make an impact on kids who are in the young adult phase. You know, what about the kids who are like, mom, I want hormone replacement, or I want to have added hormones, depending on what sex they want to become. I mean, what guidance do you have for parents on that? I would say to them, you know, things change as we get older. So why don't we do this? Let's keep that thought on the back burner rather than dismiss it. Just say, we're going to keep that on the back burner right now. And let's address this you know in a couple of years because it will most likely work itself out and well, that's if excellent advice if they're still struggling you know then that's something that you know i would never pay for anything like that i would never assist in that way um Parents need to figure out how they're going to do that. But once they start taking these hormones, especially if they've been on them a year, you you can't reverse a low voice. That's going to stay. Um, some of these other things will continue to happen. They don't really even know the effects that these hormones are going to have on people years from now. They're, it's almost as if our kids are lab rats. It's, it's very frightening. We and most will end up not being able to conceive. Um, it renders most um, infertile. So these things are really 
really frightening. And our kids haven't, there's no study on it. The, the drugs they're giving boys are drugs that they give sex offenders. So they stop, you know, they're less likely to um, commit a sex crime. We, this isn't something we want to give our kids pre-puberty. Well, that's the first time I've heard that. And that that's interesting. And no, I agree with you completely. And, you know, we did a show on uh, how doctors are allowing and, and permitting uh, children to have transgender surgeries, mutilations, basically. Yes. And in some states, states, they don't even need to have a parent's consent. And that just breaks my heart. And then there's the other flip side of that coin where the children who are now adults regret that they went through it, regret that this is what had happened in their lives. Why didn't you stop me? You were my adult. And that I asked that question too, Lori, is, you know, what is with the parents and why are they not stopping some of these surgeries? And this is what conclusion I came to after research. It's because some of the children are holding it over their parents' head. If you don't do this for me, I'm going to commit suicide. And yeah, that's it's just fear. a tragedy right there. It It's definitely fear. Parents mm -hmm. are afraid and they they don't want their kids to die. And nobody does, right? But what we found is that five years post-surgery, what ends up happening with these kids is their risk for suicide goes off the charts. If they have had that surgery five years later, they are going to be in the place where their risk for surgery is way beyond what it was prior to the surgery. Kids that are struggling with this have issues, mental health issues. Typically, they are either very anxious or very depressed or both. Sometimes they're autistic or have, you know, with Asperger's. There, there are things that have to get, they need help. And to, parents are thinking that they're helping. I, I do believe that parents, most parents want the best for their kids. And I think that they think it's the best thing to do is to go down this path of hormones and surgeries so that their child will quote unquote be happy. But we don't know the long-term effects. We do know five years from the surgery, most or many are going to struggle with what's gone on. So address and you said they were the suicidal. Thing. Yes, yes. Mm -hmm. Well, so address that the breaks thing. my heart. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, I agree. Um, say on this, what is the best action we can take uh, as parents to rally around other parents who are struggling with this? Yeah, I think compassion and letting people know they're not alone rather than sometimes we put this spiritual spin on stuff and saying, well, if you prayed more um, or if your kid knew Jesus, <laughs> you know, these, these things, I, sometimes this horrible path may be the path that leads them to the Lord. We, mm -hmm. we don't know. You know, we don't know what God has. 
but if if we can be a person who has compassion and reaches out and isn't somebody who's going to shame or or lecture so that the that parent knows they're not alone because it it feels pretty lonely and it's mm-hmm. pretty hard and if they can know that they're not alone and that they can be comfortable sharing something with with you mm-hmm. um there are places where parents can gather. There's places on the internet um, that uh, parents of kids who are struggling, and it's not just faith-based parents. Parents who are in the secular world have the same concerns as those of us who have a faith. Mm-hmm. And they are finding the same things we are, is that they need to speak truth to their kids. They yeah, need to, to stand in that truth that they are created mm-hmm. female or they are created male. Yeah. And um, Amen to, to that. have absolutely. those boundaries. Is there a Bible verse that has, speaks to you through all this? You know, you really have to be strong to step up to the plate with this. This is hard stuff and it's scary stuff. And I really think Joshua 1.9 is... Um, is a great verse. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. The Lord's going to travel with us on this messy journey. He will be with us. We need to be able to speak grace and truth so that we can bring that prodigal you know, you brought up a good point. Some people aren't believers or maybe they're listening to this um, and they're experiencing the same issues, but not from a faith standpoint. I got to tell you, there is peace and there's hope in Jesus Christ. And if you have not invited him into your heart, maybe today is the day. Why should you invite him into your heart? Because he came and he died for our sins. He crossed over from heaven to hell for us. And so today he sits at the right hand of the father interceding for you. So every time that you start to pray or you talk to God, God is talking, Jesus is talking to God and he's saying, Hey, look at Lori down there. She's struggling. You know, he's interceding on your behalf. Don't we need an advocate in heaven? I know I do. And not only that, you receive what's called the Holy Spirit in your life and the Holy Spirit will guide you and comfort you um, and speak to you really in, and the trail and direction that you should be going in. And so um, I really encourage you guys that today might be the day that you say yes to him. And the prayer is simple. It's surrendering yourself to him. It's your own words. It's not my words. It's your words. But it might go something like this. Father, forgive me. I am a sinner and I have turned away from you. Father, help me to turn toward back toward you. I ask God that you will lead me and guide me and forgive me for my sins. I need a do-over, Lord. I need to literally take my hands off the steering wheel of life and give it to you. Please empower me and I invite your Holy Spirit to come and live in me. And it's in the name of Jesus who died for me, I pray. Amen. Friends, if you said that prayer for the first time today, uh, go to our info page, himforher.org. Notify us, let us know. We got a little special gift for you. And I am so thankful that you came to listen. Lori, you have been just a gem. And this is so much content and so much information. Um, Do you have any last parting words for our friends? I just want to say never give up. Don't give up. And you are not alone. 
God mm -hmm. is with you and he has put someone right in front of you that you can trust, that you can speak with. Amen. So don't and go this journey alone. Can I reach alone. out to you again? LoriWildenberg.com, L-O-R-I-W-I-L-D-E-N-B-E-R-G.com. And please go on there. Look at her variety of books when it comes to parenting. Uh, there's many of them, but I want you to know and echo, like she said, you're not alone and Jesus has got you in this. My name is Sugbury. You know I love you. Over and out.